0: My name's Dan Heddaway, and this is CyberViews. And for today's interview, I'm bringing back a, a, a hero from our second season, Michael Hardkey. Uh Mike, not everybody got to see the second season, so why don't we just start by you introducing yourself again.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Michael Harkey, and I'm the executive vice president here at Infotex, uh, responsible for the day-to-day operations, ultimately. I've been with the company for about 14 years, and yeah, I'm moving more into that role as we speak
0: very good and so you know
1: uh dan Dan, before we get started um can i ask what happened with that
0: yeah um actually william asked the same thing and so suffice it to say uh in 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 seasons one and two i was wearing an italian fedora and i really did like the look for Uh the podcast but it's and and by the way we should put it out there it's in the middle of july uh we don't know exactly how long it's going to take this podcast to get published um but if we say anything today it could be totally eclipsed by news tomorrow and in the middle of the july you don't really want to wear italian fedoras so i so i've shaken the hat uh for uh season three of our podcasts um but you know, the last podcast, Mike, we, we uh named it uh NG struggles, uh NG standing for you know, next generation. Um and you know, it kinda made a lot of sense because we're rolling out the next generation scene. And I think that, you know, you've been so instrumental in the whole scene. I mean, Mike started off as the developer of our scene. Um but is that what we're going to talk about? What What are, you know, what is this update to the struggles that you face or what, what do you want to talk about in our podcast today, Mike? I mean, I'd
1: love to talk about, uh, you know, endpoint detection response, uh, as well as some of the new uh, offerings that we have coming down the path with our same and MSOC services.
0: The, you know, the guy is responsible for the day-to-day. Why get right into, you know, the day-to-day, right? Because I feel like you're, you're knee-deep in EDR right now. <laughs> and so I think maybe what it is is Mike's like, well, you know, I might as well be prepared, you know, right? You want to talk about what you know, and since you've been living in briefing EDR these last couple of years, um, just kind of go to the beginning. How did we start? How did Infotech get started in, in, in what I call EDR, endpoint detection or response? Uh,
1: around 2020 that, you know, we saw a, an, an increased need for... Uh, you know, being able to manage and monitor uh, and, you know, secure and help our clients secure endpoints that were away from the office. Uh, You know, COVID was the pandemic. And and, I mean, you know, all of our, uh, most of our banks, all of our banks uh, ended up essentially shut down and moving to remote operations. I think there was like a really basic skeleton crew. You know, thinking back, it feels like 10 years ago, but Um, yeah, I think some branches would shut completely down and some might have a skeleton crew, but everybody else was remote, and you know, that uh, created new challenges and problems, uh, for our clients. And you know, that's that's the business we're in is is you know, helping our clients solve their problems. So, well, and and
0: given that most of our clients were banks, I can see you know, because banks weren't remote, Uh, you know, most. The rest of the world you know zero trust was really an important paradigm shift because they were all starting to work from home or at least giving people access from outside of their organizations whereas banks who are always late adopters to technologies that increase risk that you know for good reasons we want to make sure that you know our our customers are safe in the banking industry right um but the pandemic kind of forced them
1: to the zero trust table i am i Am I right about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the crazy thing about it, uh, not only zero trust but just remote access. I mean, so a lot of clients had yeah. VPN, but they weren't using it, or they were using it only for you know one or two high you know, admin style users uh, in the IT department or whatever. Uh, and now all of a sudden, the the whole board needs it, the president needs it, the you know everybody needs it, and so you're, uh, you know, so they had to turn those services on, and it was. Pretty new uh, experience, and that's where our clients started to come to us. How do we secure this? How do we handle this? I mean, fortunately, we saw it coming thanks to our clients. Uh, You know, I mean, the the thing that
0: we always have gone for us is that we listen very intently to our clients. So, tell us about that experience.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, we had to. We're looking at do we uh, develop it ourselves. Or do we partner? And um, and so, you know, we, we had to kind of figure out, you know, which was best. And it was, became pretty obvious pretty quickly that the offerings out there that we could partner with were very, very mature and they were very successful. Um, so we kind of started there. You know, that's where we kind of pivoted. So then we had to look for a partner. And then so... You know, vetting that partner, finding really, we looked at every single solution out there and vetted every solution. Um, and you know, had to find a partner, partners to work directly with us uh, to be able to add that uh, solution to our security stack. We ended up partnering with Sentinel One. Uh, you know, they rose to the top fairly quickly, um, and you know, out of uh, you know, they ended up in the top, top three, top five constantly. And uh, I think we've made a good choice. Uh, we've been told by several of our clients um, that they were already looking. You know, they were thinking about Center They were hearing good things about Center One. Is the way that I uh, I think I hear it mostly, and so it was kind of a uh, kind of a, you know happenstance or kind of perfect fit.
0: Well, and and I you know I uh, I have to say it was kind of one of those situations where you know, had the pandemic lasted longer, maybe we could have developed it ourselves, you know what I'm saying? But it was also one of the advantages that I'm understanding that comes with EDR is the AI capabilities. And and let's face, it, there's no way we were going to be able, I mean, we could have outsourced it, that, you know, we could have, you know, modularized AI into our applications. And, you know, I understand Syracotta is kind of getting set up to do that as well. But for our, our you know overall scheme of things i mean we were rolling out ng seam at the same time and so you know the fact that you went and found that partner was brilliant uh um and and then just the approach that we took towards it i'm it, it very much reminds me of when we realized wow everybody you know that you know everybody needs to start looking at something besides our spreadsheets for risk assessments you know this what was it? Way back in twenty ten, I think we started realizing the spreadsheet risk assessment days are numbered. And so we started looking at, you know, what kind of solutions are out there. Not that we were going to offer, you know, our risk assessment application, but more because we wanted to be able to answer our questions that we were getting from our clients. And I and I truly believe that, you know, with this EDR, we just wanted to start learning it. And that was when we realized. We need to. We need to probably because because we can we can bring in logs from any EDR system. Am I right? About yes, that? yes.
1: Uh, that's actually kind of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was that 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 helped me feel good about the decision we made, <laughs> uh, partnering with uh, you know other EDRs and bringing in those logs. Uh, working with our clients that have partnered with other EDR providers and bring in those logs. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's a, a, a that was. Actually, at the same time, we added that to our service stack.
0: And so right now, what are we watching? We're watching, obviously, Sentinel-1 sites. Are we watching? We're watching Carbon Black. I, I understand any other EDR applications that our clients are using because I don't want to give them – this is not a marketing podcast. I want to give the impression that S1 is the only thing out there. I'm, I'm just kind of interested in you know how you brought in, how, how Infotex was able to so quickly pivot and start offering EDR. Um, what other kind of EDR applications are out there? Just in case the listeners of this podcast want to investigate more than what we're offering.
1: Um, but uh, uh, Carbon Black, Sentinel One, uh, Trend Micro, a lot of the uh, uh, AV traditional AV uh, people are getting in on it. Uh, Silence uh, is in there as well. Which which the joke is that they're a Blackberry company. I didn't realize Blackberry was still around. Let alone doing EDR um and then actually somebody at the uh at the association kind of schooled me on that they kind of stayed in in the business uh more than just the phones um but yeah well i mean tradition the, the
0: original remote ed endpoint the original remote endpoint or at least one of the original remote endpoints is now in the endpoint detection so go figure right yeah so.
1: <laughs> i say i don't i can say i do not miss supporting blackberry phones <laughs> Well, great. Um, and so, you know, I,
0: I really let, let's kind of in a in a you know back away from the the specific offerings that Infotex offers. Um, you know, we do see a lot of banks standing up EDR uh, um, that are our audit clients. That you know, what I mean, and therefore they're completely out of the. You know, we wouldn't offer EDR to them because we're auditing them, and they seem to be very very satisfied with even, you know, the flavors of EDR that I've never heard of, you know what I mean? And so uh, it seems to offer a lot of uh, uh, capabilities. And, and so can we kind of talk through a little bit of that? Why Why does someone want, let's forget banks, let's forget, you know, you know, Infotex clients, let's forget, you know, why would a typical small business want to take a look at endpoint detection or response, especially if they've gone through all the hoops they've gone through to stand up their existing you know, security posture. They got, you know, they got UTM on the firewall. They've got antivirus, two different, you know, versions of antivirus on their endpoints. They have the firewalls turned out on their endpoints. They're they're using mobile device management for their remote endpoints. You know, why why do they need to at this late stage even consider something new like EDR?
1: Well, um so adding EDR directly on top of all that um, I can see where you know there, that question might arise, but you're going to get some economies as well. Um, uh, but before I, we even go into economies, I mean, I would recommend if, if I could give you know every user uh, <laughs> that's on the that has an internet connected machine EDR, that would be my my preference. Uh, you know, because the idea is that that if all those things that you just mentioned was enough, we wouldn't need EDR right? So there are still ways to get through. There are still uh, advanced persistent threats um, that are not caught by those traditional methods, right? So there is still gaps in, in that. Um, well, we should start.
0: What is EDR? What, what, what makes EDR different than, than the controls we have in place?
1: So EDR is, you know, you can think of it kind of like a advanced next generation antivirus and also an endpoint uh, protector, like a host-based IDS, right? I
0: mean, that's really what it is—is is a host-based IDS. Am I am I right about that? It's it detects potential incidents and it can quarantine them. That's that's what I really liked about you know the capabilities of EDR. Yeah, am I am I, it, is
1: that right? Or yeah, well, I mean, it does even more than that too. I mean, it's watching every single thing that's happening on that device. So, and that's being sent upstream to a cloud-connected console. So, you know, your MSSP, your MSOC, uh, you have the ability to uh, do segregated isolation or remote isolation, you know, take that system completely offline to the rest of the world, uh, but still connected to your cloud console where you can do investigation remediation, depending on your product you can sometimes roll it back to a good a, the last known good um and you know and all that kind of stuff so yeah and on top of that you have the uh, artificial intelligence piece the behavioral analysis piece you know not only is it watching and logging everything that's happening on that endpoint but it's also you know watching for unusual behavior you know this person just touched a thousand files, they usually only touch five, that kind of thing. Um, and that really, yeah. I think, is is probably where it's not
0: really like AVS or um, uh, even IDS because it's not signature-based as much as it is behavior-based, right? So
1: Right. Well, you know, it also has a signature-based in it as well. So, you know, you have the traditional sign- signature-based, and then you have, uh, you know, the AI, which is kind of, you know, its own... You know, kind of signature. It's just kind of a different signature. And then you have the behavior, uh, user behavior analysis, which is, you know, kind of m- more like machine learning. Uh, you know, what's different? Got it. And so those three functionalities
0: are all in one particular application. You know, I, the other thing I'm hearing is that is that the price of EDR is kind of hard to walk away from, that, that it, it's, you know, and, and and so why is that I I, I mean are we underpricing our, our our product or you know is what what's what's the deal with the pricing of edR I I, I hear that almost as much as the important to me what's important is that it, it makes you safer uh, but I always hear and it doesn't cost hardly anything in the, in the total cost of ownership what's that mean?
1: Yeah, the so I think the reason why the total cost of ownership ends up being a lot lower than than expected, and even than what you might see originally in a a price quote, it, it are those economies that I said that I mentioned that we would hopefully get back to. Um, you know, you're going to there's several uh, applications endpoint applications you're going to be able to consolidate. Um, you know, it will, it does replace your traditional AV and in most uh, antivirus and in most, you know, corporations, organizations today, that's not cheap. (laughs) Um, So, you know, right there you're, you know, and and on top of that, the service unmanaged is a much more affordable than managed, uh, but we've, you know, because we've already built this infrastructure to bring that into our managed uh, infrastructure is just it's it's it's, it's a no brainer. Uh, it lowers our risk, so it makes sense. And so, you know, we're able to to make that uh, economically make sense as well. Makes sense, and plus, also, I mean, I know
0: from from our perspective, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we started really talking about we need logs from everywhere, and and I still maintain that if we have logs from everywhere everywhere is going to be safer but would you agree that if you have edr and your endpoint and you've got somebody monitoring that edr that getting logs from that endpoint are is not as important as it used to be before edr was available am i am i saying the right thing there or or is it more just a hey it all depends on how many layers you need on that endpoint.
1: I think it's really layers um so you know you're it's you're getting a lot of the same data but you're not getting exactly the same data so so the important thing uh, that that we don't get is the forensics uh, users logging in users logging out you know that trail of activity um, but a lot of the same information that is there actually it's more granular in a lot of ways uh, you know Windows can log a lot of the same details with with certain settings. But it's much noisier. Whereas, you know, like process logging. Whereas, uh, that's exactly what that you know EDR do- is doing. Is watching every process kick off, every schedule event, every time. Matter of fact, something that's really cool about the next generation antivirus is they scan the system once when you install. It does a full system scan, and then it's uh, j- just does um, continuous scanning. So it doesn't need to do full system scans because it's watching. Every single time something changes, it's mo- it's monitoring at that point in time. So it doesn't have to go back and say, oh, like we let's do a full uh disk scan. You know, every time a file comes onto the disk, it's taking action. Well,
0: and then uh, um I guess I feel like, you know, you referred to it earlier So it's a term that is really an internal infotext term. It's been it's been like the mother load we've been going for ever since in twenty oh three. When I mean that's a long time ago, 20 years ago I realized now. Uh, when, you know, I, it, uh, I for very good reasons, uh um the the governance part of Infotech back in those days were CPAs, right? And they insisted that we have to segregate duties, that the people who are, you know, are watching the network shouldn't be the same people that's changing the network. And we believed, we bought into that, we believed in that firmly, and we've lost business because you know what banks are you know really non-banks wanting to streamline their process would rather have the people managing the firewall also be the people watching that firewall it's kind of where it stemmed from but you called it segregated response let's talk a little bit more about that because i feel like that's the beauty in edr uh if if you're if you have somebody watching your edr for you what is one of the greatest advantages of that mike yeah well i
1: guess uh like you said you know that's one of the, uh, concerns that we have had is, you know, we believe in that segregation. We don't want the keys to the kingdom. Um, so the segregated, uh, response allows us to, uh, take action on that endpoint, take that endpoint offline, uh, do remediation, watch that endpoint and not have any access to that actual system. You know, we don't have the keys of the kingdom. We don't have any passwords, we don't have any, uh, you know, we don't have any administrator access on the client's network. We just have access to that machine via the cloud console. Uh, but it's full access uh, down to the command line and uh, some uh, ADRs, uh, endpoint detection uh, systems allow you to even roll back, roll back as well uh, and mitigate, right, you know, uh, right there and then. And, and, and by blowing it off, again, you're blowing it off of the, the worldwide Internet. Uh, and it's just connectable to that cloud infrastructure, to you know the security team. So I'd
0: like to kind of draw that picture a little bit, because some of our audience members might not understand exactly what we're talking about here. And so as it stands right now, um, if we were watching uh, uh, a network and that network had you know, a laptop that was out in the field and, and ended up, you know, with ransomware on it, you know, we would see the, maybe a signature triggered, you know, showing that ransomware. Right. And then we would notify, we would immediately get on the calling tree and we try to find somebody to help isolate that system. Whereas now with EDR, what actually happens is a, we don't even have to wait for the signature to be triggered because the EDR might be able to detect that ransomware just by the way it's acting, by what it might be trying to do before the signature gets triggered, A. B, it will then isolate that laptop if it suspects that there's a security issue there, and then notify the SOC. A data security analyst on the SOC would then investigate by the time the administrators show up the next morning, you know, if this is all happening in the middle of the night, there would actually be kind of a profile on that particular endpoint that we'd be able to provide to the, our, you know, to the administrators so that they can then proceed with addressing that laptop, which would include rolling it back if they wanted to to its state before the ransomware ended up on the machine. Am I am I saying all that correctly? Is that how that picture would un- unfold?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, I think the most important thing about that is uh that we're taking it offline right with ransomware you don't want to spread you are really worried about that uh that lateral movement got it um any other kind of benefits that come with EDR mike uh so i mean there's there's a lot that i feel over traditional antivirus um you know the the cloud management piece, the uh, AI, machine learning, behavioral analysis. Uh, some of the traditional antivirus uh, do that um, or try to do that with heuristics. Um, you know, the continuous updates via cloud. It, it's uh, you know, you're you're constantly being updated versus kind of the old system where you're going out looking for definitions. Um, also, the on, like you had mentioned, on uh, the host-based uh, uh, IDS and the and the host-based firewall. So, uh, you know, good EDR is also going to have a host-based firewall, which allows you to do some of that uh, blocking of internal to internal lateral movement. Um, that's kind of hard to do uh, in a trusted internal network. Um,
0: because the EDR ends up being really it ends up being a firewall between that endpoint and the rest of the network. Am I right about that 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 if it's aware there's ransomware on that endpoint, it's going to block it from trying to go go somewhere else on the network. I mean I know-
1: yeah not that, but you can send out uh, firewall. you can actually uh, control uh, you know uh, uh, some products, I'm not sure about all products, but some products you can actually control the, that local endpoint firewall, uh, you know, push that out to everybody. So, say you have this device that's compromised, you can block access for that internal uh, IP address on all of your other device right. endpoints. So it's almost like an instant network segmentation.
0: If we, you know, not only is it isolation, but it's also hey, don't even try accessing this from from the other direction. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Well, Mike, I, I it, you know, I, I'm sure there's other struggles you know, take, you know, being the next generation running the company. I know that because I've been in your shoes before. Um, and so I appreciate you, you know, parting the waters of all that you have to do to be able to give us a half hour here for our, you know, podcast, uh, anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um, I would like to kind of talk about just real quick, some, some new stuff we have coming down the path. Um, so along with our EDR offering, uh, yeah, we're also offering canary files uh those are very high value uh targets uh that we would watch intently and so we're uh spinning up that service and then right behind that we're uh hoping to add or we're looking to add uh uh we're testing uh and a honeypot service as well um so just uh uh love to see our offerings growing um and just, you know, providing more value. Great, great. Well, I really appreciate your time again,
0: Mike. And, um, you know, we'll probably be interviewing you again in our next season. And and, uh, thank you very much. Uh, My name is Dan Hathaway. And I'm Michael Harkey. And this has been a Cyber Reviews presentation by InfoTex. Never forget, awareness is 9-11s to the battle. Thank you.